Father, I pray as we get in the, in the word for just a few moments tonight that um, you would help me to just relay something that you've spoken in my heart about. And I pray that you'll use it to help everyone here tonight. God, I know that you want to do some things. I, I'm very aware of that. And I'm just praying that we put ourselves in a position for you to be able to do those things. And those things are different for every person. I, I get that. And we're all in different places. But I know that you're calling us to things further. And I pray that as we briefly look at the remainder of this chapter, that you might do something in our hearts tonight that is worthy of your glory. And so I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So it's been a few weeks since we've been in this chapter. And so I want to just give you a um, brief reminder of where we are. Paul is on his second missionary journey. He has made it into what we now refer to as Europe. And it's the first time the gospel, as we know, has been presented there. He made it in the Philippi. He followed the Lord's vision, the Lord's calling, Macedonia call, in chapter 16. He is now in the area that we know as Greece, in chapter 17. And he begins in Thessalonica. And he preaches as his manner was. He reasoned with them out of the scriptures, open and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And there were those who believed, and there were also those who rejected the gospel. And those individuals set the city on an uproar, caused a major stir. To the point that Paul and to the point that Paul had to be quickly removed from the town. Those who had stirred up the trouble went to the house of Jason. They couldn't find Paul. That's where he was staying. And Paul quickly got out of there, and in verse 10, he went unto Berea. And there he also delivered the word of God. And in verse 11. Speaking of the Bereans, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. And everything was good except for trouble seemed to always follow God's man. And so those who stirred up trouble in Thessalonica, when they heard of this in verse 13... And had knowledge that the word of God was preached to Paul at Berea. They came there also and stirred up the people. And immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea. And Silas and Timotheus, they stayed there in Berea. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens. And receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed, they departed. And of course, Athens has a uh, history, as we know it, 
a a philosophical history and all of the Greek mythology and all of those things. It's actually not as strong a town or city as it was prior to this, the days of Aristotle and Socrates and and, and all the the, uh, philosophers that we often hear so much about. Paul is there. And he is waiting for Silas and Timothy in verse 16. And while he is waiting by himself, the Bible says in verse 16, his spirit was stirred in him. And God has been all over me concerning that particular phrase in the middle of verse number 16. As Paul is there by himself, his spirit is stirred in what he saw. It says, it says, when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. We talk a lot of things about Christian living, spiritual life, and we talk a lot about evangelism and the Great Commission and all of those things. But the main thing that I want us to get tonight is this. We need some people who get stirred by what they see. There needs to be a stirring. We have gotten so complacent with the way things are. that we just kind of leave it alone and say, well, that's just the way it is. Jesus said it's going to get worse before it gets better, right? It's going to get really bad before Jesus returns. And I am the first to say, and I usually end my prayer with this, even so come Lord Jesus. That would be wonderful. It may not stir us to the point that all of a sudden we got to start preaching the gospel. We got to stand up on our stool and start preaching the gospel. I'm not saying that has to be done by everyone. I'm, I'm not saying that. I know Paul was a special individual. Paul was simply not afraid. Amen? There was no fear. I mean, he, he does talk about fear and trembling. I, I know that. But Paul would stand when no one else would ever stand. But there there needs to be a stirring at least to the very point that God's people recognize this just isn't right. And we got to stop and we have to pray about it. We at the very least have to stop and recognize there are some things here that are not right. And something needs to be done about it. And maybe God will give us, give every one of us the boldness to deal with it. Maybe that will happen. But what bothers me the most, and there are many times that I am guilty of this myself. I see it, and it gets my attention, and I just keep going forward. I don't think that I'm the only one in that. 
Paul is by himself. He doesn't have a crowd around him. And he sees idolatry. And, and I'm just going to say, I believe we live in a very idolatrous nation. It's everywhere. We worship people. We worship money. We worship jobs. We worship everything. We find things to worship. And he's just, he's just observing. He's sitting at the market. Hey, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's all right, Devin. It's okay. I'm glad Devin is here tonight, not in a hospital somewhere. I need, I need more of you to say aye, aye, aye sometimes, to be honest with you. So I love it. If we just keep walking by and it at least and at least does it stir us just that we say, that's not right. We're not where we should be spiritually. And that's just the truth. What's your favorite television show? What do you watch on TV and you think that's really good? And then consider, is sin being glorified? How, how is sin being glorified in that? I want you to think about that. If it doesn't bother us, if, there, if it doesn't stir us, we're not where we are, we should be spiritually. And Paul gets stirred and I am just praying that God gets our church to a place that we just get stirred up. Again, that doesn't mean that you're supposed to get stirred up at the level I'm supposed to get stirred up. Are you with me? I'm not saying that we're a bunch of robots and everybody should behave the same way. But I am saying... If we, if God is really important and God's word is really important and we love the Lord, may God give us the spiritual discernment to recognize when things just aren't right. And at the very least, it sends us to our knees to start praying for God to do something there. Read along with me. Paul's spirit was stirred, which in Paul's case meant he had to do something. He had to say something. And so in verse 17, he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. He did what he always does. He goes to the Jewish synagogue. He preaches Jesus Christ. He sits around the market and he's looking for people to talk to. He's not there to buy fresh food. He is there to catch men. 
And he says in verse 18, there were certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics. The Epicureans were individuals, their their philosophy was the pursuit of pleasure. And they placed no difference between good and evil. And then there's the Stoics. The Stoics were pantheistic, meaning they were one with nature. They believed God was the world's soul and indwelled all things. And that the happy life was that lived in accordance with nature. To them, the most important thing in life was to follow one's reason and be self-sufficient, unmoved by inner feelings or outward circumstances. And such philosophy taught men that they simply did not need help from God. You research it a little bit further and it's interesting that the, very, the first two stoic leaders committed suicide. He is dealing with these two schools of philosophy. They encountered him. And some said, what will this babbler say? Others, some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Some may call you a babbler. Some may, some may think you're, you need to calm down rather than get worked up. People are going to think what they want to think. Amen. And so they took him and they brought him unto Areopagus, which is also Mars Hill. We'll see that in verse 22. They, it's a place of the high court. And they say, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. Reminds me of Paul's writings later. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Don't we live in an information age? It's everywhere. People are always wanting to learn something else. It's at your fingertips, ready at a moment. He says in verse 21, in parentheses, For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. And so Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill. He began to preach. He said, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. I meant, um, as I mentioned this morning, there are many people There are many false religions who believe in God. They just deny Jesus Christ. And so he says, you worship the unknown God ignorantly. And he says, I'm declaring him unto you. He says, verse 24, that God made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And it's made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, 
and the bounds of their habitation. There's a lot to be said of verse 26. Verse 27, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. The Godhead is speaking of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Verse 30, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he raised him from the dead. All God's people said, Amen. In verse 32, we see the results of his message. And when they heard of it, of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. They still do. Others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. They procrastinated. They didn't say no. They didn't say yes. I don't know if they ever came around. I do not know. I pray that they did. So Paul, in verse 33, departed from among them. In verse 34, the Bible says, Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysius the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris and others with them. Say, how many others? I don't know. I don't know. But there's more than one. It is plural, so there's at least four. And there's value in how many, Aubrey? There's value in one. There's Lily. There's value in one. And so, I'm done preaching. I just want to say this. If nobody ever gets stirred, Dionysius and Damaris and others never get saved. Somebody, somebody needs to get stirred up. Amen? Somebody needs to get stirred. We're not called to win the world to Jesus, but we are called to tell the world about, about Jesus. And when he told them, some mocked, some said, I'll hear you again. Paul, Paul could wipe his hands. He says, I told them, Lord, I did what I was called to do. I stood because his spirit was stirred within him. And the ending result was there were some people back in Athens who knew Jesus Christ as their Savior. I want to encourage you tonight. Let God change you. Let God stir you and stir me to the point that we just got to do something. Amen? Let's stop being so complacent and comfortable and be okay with sin and idolatry. May God give us some discernment that we see 
when things are not right and we just have to do something about it. Even if it's you just praying, God, change this city. God, change this community. May God hear our prayer. And may God give somebody the boldness to tell people about Jesus. Let's take just a moment. Can we play on the piano very quickly tonight? Let's just play softly.